0: The second episode in GBA's Fringe season. It's not just about the shows, it's about the people. Who they are and what they're all about.
1: The the heart is a lot smaller than people think it is. It's about the size of a fist. When the fist at your centre has unclenched, that affects the rest of your body, but you don't necessarily realise that it's your heart.
0: Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted with Richard Tyrone Jones. Hello Richard. Hello Dave. The rule is I have to say the how I know the person and that's the name that I have for you in my head. Yes. Uh, most people don't get a surname... Included, because I don't know you that well, which is going to make this quite interesting. That's the point, though, isn't it? It ind- yeah. is indeed the point. How do you know me?
1: I know you because you're in a band with Hayley Gullen, who is a delightful flame-haired chick, who I know because she knew James Ross of Fat Kitten uh, Improv Group. You were in um, this this band, Apples for Everybody, with her, and Everyone, then we, yeah. we, we met... Apple's for everyone, sorry, yeah. I do apologise. No, no, like did you come
0: to one of the gigs or something? I, I remember meeting yeah. you in a party at Hayley's Yes, House.
1: it might have been a party rather than a gig. I think it was. But there might have been some music playing involved. I met you at a party, mm-hmm. and then
0: you Facebook friended me on Facebook. Yes, mm-hmm. and then
1: I continued to spam you relentlessly that, for years to come. Well, that's
0: fine. I'm, I'm, <coughs> I'm quite down with people spamming me. It makes mm-hmm. me feel better about spamming everybody else mm-hmm. myself. I accepted the friend request because I thought you were an interesting guy. But I'm not used to that kind of... That doesn't happen to me very often that I Mm. don't know someone very well and then I become their Facebook friend. It's quite a rare experience for me. And so now I kind of feel like I know you through your Facebook persona and through Twitter, in fact, your Twitter persona. So Mm -hmm. I probably have a very strange view of you uh, and you probably have (laughs) a very strange view of me because I assume you've got the same on your side. You've seen me through Facebook and Twitter. What do you do now?
1: What do I do? I travel around the country doing poetry readings from my book Germline and then desperately trying to hawk them after the show to make my travel money back and I am doing extracts and the entirety of my one-man show Richard Tyrone Jones has a big heart, uh, which is um, not, not even a pun really, it's just literally I do have a big heart dilated cardiomyopathy and it's all about how I almost died from that but um, came back um, well stronger mentally but much weaker physically.
0: Talking about Facebook the other day on Facebook you said this time last year I could barely walk up the stairs now I'm at the top of King Arthur's seat Thank you, NHS.
1: Oh, I so. I, um, uh, correction, I, I didn't say King Arthur's ah, seat, because it's, be it's just Arthur's, Arthur's seat. seat. So Arthur's seat, of course, in Edinburgh. Indeed, the, the big um, big pointy bit in Edinburgh. And that, was, that hasn't got a castle on it.
0: That's right. I think I've, I think I've been there. I've been to Edinburgh a few times. That's been your last, what, your last year's yeah. journey, I guess.
1: Yes, it's, um, at last, my life has a narrative arc. Uh, <laughs> I um, had almost... <clears throat> died last March of um, dilated cardiomyopathy and a big blood clot in my heart um, and a chest infection all at the same time uh, probably causing and feeding one into the other and when I came out of hospital after about a month uh, I could only walk with a lot of difficulty and pain Um, even taking a shower left me gasping for breath for about 15 minutes and I, I was getting better only very very slowly And went into hospital about five times last year. Uh, And about this time last year was when they put me on some new drugs, uh, including digoxin, which is a small dosage of the poison digitalis from from the foxgloves, that's right. And a plerinone, which um, improves hemodynamics by decreasing the amount of blood that the heart pumps around and so it pumps it around more efficiently and puts it under less strain. And uh, those worked a treat. And um, as I went through the Edinburgh Festival last year, where I had doggedly hung on to my position as head of spoken word at the Free Fringe because I had, well, little else to do with my life, (laughs) I found that I, I could walk up. Um, and down the hills of Edinburgh because in Edinburgh every road is uphill. Yeah, it's a hill uh, an place. I think it was designed by MC Escher. By the end I, I was actually able to walk up to the top of Calton Hill and the Nelson Monument there and I thought, right, next time in, I'm in Edinburgh when I was looking over from Calton Hill to Arthur's Seat I'm going to climb up Arthur's Seat and thankfully by not drinking, well... Not drinking as much as I used to, and uh, by taking it easy, uh, but doing limited amounts of exercise every day, I've managed to get myself into a position where I'm I'm still nowhere near as fit as I used to be because I used to cycle everywhere and do lots of jogging. Uh, but um, I was able after about an hour to get to the top of the hill, and then, uh, as in Rocky, I was I was going to shout out, Adrian. <laughs> Um, but uh, there was loads of people up there, and they would—they might not have. Well, you know, kids these days—they haven't seen these classic films like no. Rocky, so that's—that's that's what makes me feel old when you do stuff like I'm too old for this shit rigs, and nobody knows what you're yeah. talking about. That's <laughs> yeah, that, rep- as opposed to heart failure, that's what makes you feel old. You're not
0: an old person to have heart failure. No. You're quite a young person to have heart failure. Yeah. Was it completely mm. unexpected?
1: Um, It wasn't, I think psychologically it wasn't completely unexpected because a month before I actually went into hospital I had held my own mock funeral to mark my 30th birthday. So I think there was, partly that was because the sad fact that I would never be able to go on a Club 18 to 30 holiday. Um, But um, I think I realised I wasn't very well since the beginning, well, since... Edinburgh 2009. I hadn't been able to stay out late or partying, and I'd lost interest in womanising as well, um, which is antithetical behaviour for a poet. I was beginning to feel quite um, quite poorly. I was cycling home one night after um, uh, well quite a late one, and then had to had to stop. and Normally, I'd be able to cycle from uh, Hackney all the way back to Archway, even though it's uphill. No problems and kind of took pride in my my physicality in that way and um, I had to stop halfway through and was absolutely exhausted and um, didn't realise, just thought this is quite strange and thought, well I'm actually, I'm, I'm just getting a bit out of shape here, there we go, oh dear, a small child's fallen over. Yeah, just at the
0: right time the, the pain, really,
1: yeah there we go. Bringing out the pain was, in your story. That was how I squealed when I had the stabbing chest pains. That's so. right.
0: We're in a yeah. a, a flat in yeah. Stoke Newington, and yeah. there's yeah. some children outside playing in a nice play area, which is a yeah. a, a nice thing to see, really. It's, but uh, it's not, really quite nice. And but a, but a, yeah. and, but they're the people providing um, ambient uh, yeah. accompaniment. And,
1: um, yes, and distra- distraction as well. But we can't shut the door because it is one of the hottest days of the year, I suppose. I think so. so fun, it's yeah. nice. Anyway, it's nice. It's boiling.
0: To, I don't mind distraction. Mm. It's an interesting thing. To exactly. It navigate. proves it's
1: real. It's live. It's yeah. not in the not in the studio. That's it's not right. Anodyne. Is exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, where was I? Yes, I was um, coming home from uh, Hackney, and, uh, and 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 I thought that, but um, well, I'm getting out of shape, so I actually joined joined a gym. Um, in February and uh, was actually on a treadmill in the gym kind of pushing myself to, to get better um, and I was watching Countdown at the same time on the televisions in the gym Archway gym and uh, managed to get the the number um, where you know you have like three factors and then you have to get the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. big number that they ran but Karen Vorderman used to do that yes that's yeah. right now it's Rachel Riley yeah. um, and I managed to get it for the first time ever while I was jogging and listening to some skullstep drum and bass and um, I think it was the strain of doing all those things at the same time because you know burning up so much glucose possibly um, and uh, I had a massive migraine so huge that the, the Met Office could have given it a name and then after that I was kind of going home with my head in my hands um, it, it's, it, if anyone's had a proper migraine yeah. it's like having I had, like,
0: had migraines as a kid it's terrible yeah, it's like having a
1: stroke yeah um, you can't move yeah.
0: light hurts mm.
1: it's horrible exactly and you just have to take I, I mean luckily I had some tablets for it at home you just take them and it knocks you out straight to sleep because that's the only thing you want to do Yeah, just be turned off when you have a migraine and I so I, I was concerned that I had a, a brain tumour because of that um, and a, because I started coughing up frothy phlegm from my lungs uh, the consistency of a McDonald's milkshake yeah. and, um, <laughs> and I thought that those two things were wrong and even though I had been diagnosed as having a bit of an irregular heartbeat before the doctor had been very blasé about it and just said oh you know cut down on the caffeine because I was drinking a hell of a lot of caffeine at the time and um, to take aspirin regularly, which I, well I did when I remembered, so i did I think maybe I was in denial and didn 't want to think it was my heart so that that was one of the many possible things that I thought it could be
0: but isn't it, is, it, yeah. is it hereditary the condition
1: um, well, most um, genetic or health problems are hereditary yeah, exactly. to some extent, but no one in my family has died early of heart problems or had anything like me, so it might be something that's just started with me. It might have been that I was just really unlucky. and had uh, a chest infection and it managed to spread somehow to my heart. And there might not be a genetic component at all. I'm not waiting for the results of genetic tests. I'm waiting for genetic tests for dilated cardiomyopathy, the big heart that I have to become cheap enough that the NHS will actually shell out and do them. Oh, right, okay. So uh, they they were supposed to scrape a little bit of meat from the inside of my heart while I was in hospital and do a biopsy on it to find out what had been the trigger events, but they didn't do that. So um, I'd be very interested to find out what it was so that I could avoid doing anything like it again. Uh, and they kept asking me questions about how much I drank, and I was like, well, being honest, I did used to drink a lot more than I had done for a while, but they said no, that's not the... There was a guy opposite me who was about 40, who'd been drinking like a bottle of vodka a day, and, and it's obvious where his dilated cardiomyopathy came from.
0: So what you've got is literally a big heart, like you said, mm-hmm. and that is, how does that... How does that affect your body? It makes you. Did it make you sluggish? Or? Yeah, well it
1: was... Oh, hold up, we, Shall we pause it and yeah, see that is? Yeah, let's pause it and see who's no, on I the phone. Recording again. I had... My heart was uh, dilated, stretched by two centimetres, which doesn't sound like a lot, but the, the heart is a lot smaller than people think it is. It's about the size of a fist. Right. So when the fist at your centre has unclenched, that affects the rest of your body, but you don't necessarily realize that it's your heart I had been getting palpitations but I'd only been getting palpitations at the normal times like when I was about to do some controversial material or uh, when I was flying when I was when I flew to Rome in December two thousand and nine I had really terrible palpitations and I should have realised I'm not actually scared of flying so what is this happening? Yes, about? it has a knock-on effect everywhere else. You are supposed to get swollen ankles or all the fluid from the blood that's not being pumped around your body properly um, ends up pooling in your ankles but that didn't happen so they did, that was probably one reason why they didn't realise how serious it was. Also the fact that I was generally fit and healthy Masked so, yeah, bit, yeah. yeah. The migraines which I... I well, I, about ten years ago at the end of university, I had really bad migraines as well. And I thought they were because of my wisdom teeth, which were giving me gyps. So I had all my wisdom teeth removed and all academic ambition removed at the same time. And uh, that seemed to do the trick. Looking back on it now, in hindsight with my life, I, I used to faint loads as a child. And, and fainting fits came upon me uh, uh, with with the heart failure as well. I was like the heroin in a Victorian melodrama so that was another one of the symptoms lots of different kind of isolated things but by the end I was only walking very slowly and breathlessly but I was still thinking "Oh, it's just a bit of a chest infection I'll I'll take some vitamin tablets and shake this off uh, in a while and kept on doing these gigs because I was uh, um, desperate for money and couldn't really stop I was self-employed for the, the, the first time my life as a poet and really trying to make a go of it and, and probably in denial because I was thinking well I can't just have medical problems and, and screw up all the, the, the work that I'm doing It's a really career. bad time
0: to get a medical problem yeah. if it's the first time you're going completely without yeah. the yeah.
1: there's ne- Yeah, there's never a good time to get a medical <clears throat> problem Of course But of course. It, it is a lot easier if you're on in a contract or something yeah. work, working full time and then you're ill and you get all your money your sick pay paid for you, that's, uh, yeah, That's probably is a good time, but it's a better time to get ill.
0: It's going to mean yeah. it must be hard for you in the current current climate in some respects, yeah. because they t- they're they you know, attacking the incapacity benefit and all sorts of things that I imagine you're mm. eligible for in some ways.
1: Yeah, I was on um, incapacity benefits for a year and that was, well, you, you can't really do much I was still doing a bit of poetry and um, a bit of organising and trying to keep it down to the the, reg, the recommend you know, the, the number of hours that you can work but it wasn't about paying any money anyway so it doesn't really matter um, now I did go back to work uh, at the beginning of the current financial year though and you get back to work bonus and you get working tax credits as well uh, if I had a house I'd <laughs> probably get housing benefit too so, thankfully, going back to work does make financial sense as well as psychological sense too. I was, and when you say mm, back
0: to work, you're really, mm, you're talking about back to being
1: a full-time poet and paid for that. Yes.
0: That's the kind of work I can relate yeah. to. Yeah. About, about
1: <laughs> three years ago, like yourself, Dave, I just thought, Christ, this rat race. Um, even working in the third sector? Or well, I'm not
0: as good as you. Yeah. I mean, I'm still in a situation where I've got a day job, you know. Yeah. I mean, what, where you But your
1: day at. job is um, w- promoting libraries. And yeah. Through um, art and through reading. To kids There's a stuff.
0: relationship between my day job and yeah. my job. Yeah, and my, and, and my real job, mm. yeah. It sounds I mean, a lot of fun. The word work is always an interesting thing for me because mm. I, I kind of use it about making art. Mm-hmm. songs and stuff yeah. and in it, in that context yeah. I have a very strong work ethic yeah. but in terms of being a productive member of society yes. I, I, I don't like the idea of being one so I don't have yeah. I don't relate very well to the work ethic so I'm really pleased to know that you know to hear yeah. you talking about work that yeah. I can relate to it's-
1: yes um uh, yeah, it's it's strange. I think there's, we need two words for yes. work. Yes. Bad work, which is work that you are alienated from the product of. Mm. When I was doing, checking the training of um, psychologists, and uh, really just being a cog in a wheel, doing a job that a trained monkey could do, I felt completely shite because I wasn't being stretched at all in intellectually or in in any way but the checks ca- came in it was so boring though I had a bit of a breakdown and then decided right I just can't do this with the rest of my life uh, and even more now that I've been so ill I just realised that what you do with your life is so precious mm. and you can't take your money with you even well especially when you've got when you're being paid bugger all <laughs> it's not worth it but how does yeah.
0: how do you as a working poet how mm-hmm. do you make enough money to live how does one go about that
1: well I'm probably not the best person to ask to be honest I'm probably <laughs> the best you, you want to ask how do you go about not making enough money to live and I could tell you that
0: but you are yeah. alive
1: yes oh yes I am alive. so
0: I mean yeah. you must be at mm. least uh Making ends meet, I guess mm. that's the word they use. Yeah, like
1: I say, back to work bonus and working tax credit. <laughs> <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> those, the, I mean, when you're just um, starting out and getting on your own two feet, those, are, those, are what's going to help you, and that's what it's there for. That's its point to get you off the unemployment numbers, get you off the incapacity benefit numbers, and and. And,
0: and would you advise mm. somebody coming up? To give up a day job, and because I, 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 it's mm. interesting. This interview is going to go out in the same week yeah. as a, a conversation with another artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in his forties, or yeah. no, he's. he's I don't want to say forties. Probably forty. Let's say forty. Yeah. Um, and he, his his advice was um, that when you're starting out, what he advises everyone to do is get a mm. day job, mm. and that'll give you enough money yeah. to be able to pursue your art.
1: Yeah, uh, it'll also give you. Um, hopefully, if you stay late a bit, it'll give you somewhere to photocopy loads of flyers for free. Yeah. And, uh and yes, steal from your employers. That is a direct piece of advice from Richard Tyrone Jones. There, direct Andy Lee, commit crime. Okay, well,
0: I'm 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 happy to have that on my podcast. I of course can't 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 express an an, an opinion either way on that one, yeah. but yeah. um. But well, I think,
1: Dave Pickering refuses to condemn me inciting people to grow. That's
0: well I I, I certainly do uh, refuse to condemn anybody's mm-hmm. for their opinion or their way that they approach the world but you would advise people to take the leap I mean that's what you've done
1: It depends if you've got a decent job if you're a lawyer and you I can't advise anybody <laughs> Fair I'm, enough. I'm, I'm That's not, probably
0: what I would say
1: I'm no example <laughs> to be honest, I've just done what I, because I'm, I'm a bloody-minded arsehole who's going to do what he's going to do anyway, um, even if it leads him into penury, ill health, and an early death. So if you think that I'm a, that makes me a role model, and do, do what I do by all means. Uh, I, th- I I often wish that I'd done a proper degree at university that actually leads to a job like ah, engineering yes, yes. or law. And then I could have, well, to be honest, I'd I'd be ready, I'd be rich enough to retire by now, and and, and actually do the the poetry and, and not have to worry. I probably bought a house and live off the rent of that, or yeah. Something. And there's a strong part of me that really wishes that I had conformed and and what got a decent job in? and got married. I did history. That's not bad yeah.
0: though, I mean I did, my, my de- mm. degree title, I very rarely admit this, I never mm-hmm. admit this on CV applications, yeah. my degree is uh, in creative arts.
1: Oh right, just in general? Yeah, I mean, arts. well it's, yeah. the,
0: the, the degree title is creative arts, what yeah. I actually did was theatre studies yeah. with a minor in creative writing, mm-hmm. so that's what I say on CVs, because yeah. that sounds better than creative arts, yeah. which sounds like the most right. Mickey Mouse yeah. degree you could have, but that's yeah. why I got a degree yeah. in but history's not too bad I mean mm. you can become a teacher
1: oh god <laughs> yes there's enough paperwork just being a poet with invoices and stuff like that not as much as I can cope with I couldn't mark I just I'm so critical of and, and it, it's very difficult to please me I, I'll i read something that's uh, won the Booker Prize and i like this is rubbish they're they're um. Telling not showing, and oh, that piece of prose is a bit purple. I'm so difficult to please. I'll just go to open mics and just turn my head off after the first couple of lines when someone's rhymed day with say. And um,
0: but then there's the magic moment where somebody comes up, stands up, and does something good, yeah. That's but right. that's it's rare, but it's
1: good. It's not worth it though, no <laughs> one's that good so. Oh, what, what was the beginning of this well, sentence? <laughs> I'm always doing this.
0: I mean, what I was interested to ask you about, I guess, following on from what we've just been talking mm. about, is you're a poet. Mm-hmm. Hard thing to be in the modern world, do you
1: think? It's a hard thing to be... Anyway. Any time. People like um, Byron and Wordsworth or any really successful poet of the last... Well, since the English language started... Um, they've been really rich yeah they were Irish. they've, they've yeah. had the time to um, spend on it uh, it's I mean there are still very very few genuinely working class Roger poets McGough, out there mercy scene maybe that's very well say, maybe oh but I'm, I don't know what Roger McGough's mum and dad did but you know they probably weren't dockers were they possibly, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't yeah. want to say. Either Which we'll way, probably uh, have to insert Wikipedia a correction. We'll no, insert... I just you know, look him up yeah. on Wikipedia yeah. and, and
0: judge for yourselves. But mm. I mean, even if he was the son of teachers, yeah. he's not an aristocrat. No. I mean, it's it still hard for the son of teachers to make it yeah. as a, a as, as a yeah. poet, because there's no... there's Well, I, yeah. it, I don't think there's very much money in poetry yeah. at the moment. I don't even know mm. if there ever has been.
1: Well, for every Roger McGough, there's a hundred Paul Bertels out there Um, I I, I prefer Paul Bertel to Roger McGough he's a miserable git and uh, probably uh, as as close to a a working class poet as I can um, uh, imagine and then he writes plays so you know he's not really that
0: <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, I mean there was. Mm. Oh, what's his name? Tony. What about Tony Harrison? Is it? Or yeah. Tony Harrison? Is it? He was. A, anyway, mm. it doesn't matter. There, yeah. That's that's obviously a non-starter. Yeah. When when the, the poet I'm talking to doesn't recognise the poet I'm talking about,
1: um, <laughs> that's only because I'm completely ignorant.
0: Well, I'm. See, I I I, I started off writing poetry. Mm. First things I wrote yeah. were poems. I've come to realise that I'm better as a lyricist than Mm -hmm. I am as a poet, which I think are very different disciplines. Yeah. I do like poetry. Mm -hmm. I have written a couple of good poems in my life. (laughs) Uh, My girlfriend wrote poetry when we first met, so I'm sympathetic to the poet's cause. I'm a bit nervous about using the word poetry generally because yeah. it means people think you're a wanker just by the word. Oh,
1: it means people don't come and see your show if you <laughs> call it poetry. Yeah. that's why I call myself a spoken words artist or raconteur or, um, uh, yeah, no, I do call myself a poet and um, I do write poetry, so I guess I must be a poet. But I don't see myself as just that, and um all we'll make great claims for. Anything that I write to be poetry uh, see my. Mm.
0: do you like the po- poetry on a, on a page mm. or do you think poetry is for performance
1: I think it it's got to work on both really yeah. if it's um certainly if you go, if I'm going to put someone on my night at a spoken word dot com then uh, <laughs> <laughs> they have to work on both Um if if something only works in performance then it's kind of hollow uh and um if it only works on the page then it's uh, there's probably something Quiet. not immediate enough about Quiet. it mm. and it's not not going to it's 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 difficult there's so many boxes that you've got to tick when you're writing a poem and and decide well is that one successful is that one going to go in the book because you you really Want to? if you're going to sell a book then you have to be able to read the poems out of it Mm. and for people to like them and to think actually actually, yeah that works live let's buy the book and people are thinking oh but does that work on another level will we want to read it again if you do buy the book so you end up rejecting a load of poems because they're too literary or wordy or or you think oh I can only put so many of these yeah. in a publication
0: and there's kind of the audience for poetry is reducing, it may rise again I hope it does because mm. I, I think that poetry is one of the yeah. mediums that is important to have yeah. but we're getting more and more mediums we're talking yeah. on a new one mm. right now mm. uh, so I mean podcasting is competing yeah. with poetry it's competing with mm. television it's, and yeah. it's competing with film it's competing with music mm-hmm. and I guess the problem for poetry mm. seems to be I, that I often have found is that general public think it's an elitist thing and they mm. think it's not for them, they think yeah. it's for the middle classes and the middle classes never want to admit they're middle class so mm. they don't want to like it because yeah. they don't want to be middle class. Yeah. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think that um, there's, there's, ne- there's never been, well, since the Victorian era there's, there hasn't been that massive an audience for poetry only dead poets have really sold or faber poets and poets have often had to and, and writers of all kinds have often had to bank bankroll their own work in the beginning etc it's never been easy and you look at the kind of poetry that was really popular in the 19th century like um, Tennyson or Wordsworth and it's all quite really conventional rhyme scheme stuff. And yeah, I hate, I hate word, word I think that uh, there is a large audience for a spoken word out there, and as a genre it's becoming a lot more well-supported, certainly at the Edinburgh Fringe, and if you're from the east of England, then you can get on the Escalator programme and get a load of publicity through that basically means leaves out the rest of the UK that's one of my bugbears that it, that it is working so well if you, if you move to the east of England or live there already but it's not commercial poetry never has been really it's always, you're always going to be some kind of court jester and not the king so to speak so You're going to be, always going to be a roving bard with a lute, aren't you? Even the Carolan Duffy gets. What, what do you get paid for being poet laureate? It's five thousand quid and a and a, a butt of Malmsey wine or whatever it is. But
0: then that keeps you keeps mm. you uncorrupted, I guess, mm. by money. I mean, there is this kind of a, a rock star yeah. gets big. Their second album will be rubbish. Mm. Whereas, I guess for poets, they mm. don't have to worry about the. Uh, yeah champagne and cocaine ruining their uh well they'll probably find it if they're looking for it no, to be honest no
1: it's you no know, it is more more drink with uh <laughs> with poets it's red wine and real ale it's not quite not quite as rock and roll
0: when did you realize that you wanted to be a poet
1: it's a tough one really i mean when i started out i was not who wanted to do stuff kind of creatively to make people laugh and make them think when i was 18 i was writing comedy sketches and doing them at my old school actually seventeen, eighteen. And from then was part of a comedy group called Fat Fat Pope at university. And we basically our stuff became more and more literary and pretentious until I realised that it was actually, you know, it was more like poetry or short stories than comedy sketches. If we if we'd kept it up then I think we could have been quite successful. We got a really good review uh, in The Observer, that called us God's Gift to Comedy. And I think I'm, I'm still, at heart, I would guess I'm a poet slash comic slash raconteur slash workshop <clears throat> leader. You're definitely in that area yeah. of,
0: of, of that crossover between stand-up and mm-hmm. poetry is where you're sort of... Yeah. It's possibly why your stuff has potential to to get an audience yeah. Whereas somebody who's a very straight-up poet, yeah. it's harder to break in. Where did you go to university? It was Cambridge. Ah, yeah. I thought so you maybe. might be. See, yeah. when you said that you got a review in the Observer, I thought probably, yeah. probably Oxford or Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> <It is. laughs> no, no offense.
1: I think if we'd if we'd come from Durham or somewhere like that, we wouldn't have got the attention that no. we did.
0: I was in a comedy yeah. show at Lancaster mm. University yeah. and. We got, you know, very, very... Well, maybe we weren't as good as you, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, if, I, if I'd have gone to Cambridge, I'd know if I was as good as you because mm. I'd have the same opportunities. Yes. That's true. I mean, we. but you mm. were a working-class guy going to
1: Cambridge, were you? It's interesting because my parents, um, they're both, um, well... Yeah, but, uh, Scrubbers, really. Uh, they're, more, they're both uh, working class. My dad works himself to the bone. Don't get me started on my dad. He's um, sacrificed any emotional um, intelligence that he has in, in that, he, that he could have developed in favour of just making money. And my mum is um, has been a housewife. She worked, at, worked in a bank as a teller for a while but gave all that up to... Bring up children it was very um she's always been very quite shy and diffident, and so there was hardly any books in the house and my mum used to read to me when I was younger, but after a certain point it just kind of stopped. Then my dad um sent me to a private school because I was just had no friends at uh, my um state primary school. And so, he was, must have been
0: quite successful in making money to be able to send you to a private school then?
1: Yeah, well, he was very successful in working hard all the hours, God sends. What did he do? Um, well, he was working for Sankey Carbide, which is kind of precision tools. And it's he was working on computers using carborundum diamonds to cut precision tools and stuff with big, huge machines in a noisery factory. And he worked his way up to become foreman, but then when they decided that they were going to shut the factory and close everything, um, he, uh, he was also had a part-time job fitting blinds. So he had two jobs. And I think it was through social phobia, basically, that he's just spent all his time working because he's scared to come home. And have to deal with his children. Although he wouldn't have been able to
0: send you to a private yeah. school if he hadn't have done that.
1: Yeah, but he might have taught me some social skills while I was still a young that person a, growing up, that's and then I might point. I might not have had to go to a private school because I wouldn't have retreated into myself and. And what was private school like? Uh, Ooh, well um, it was strange because it was all boys um, in the year that I was in and girls came in in the year below oh, well so right. for years I just never had the confidence to talk to any girls and thought they were these kind of weird mythical creatures um, whereas of course they're not they're you know, smelly and horny and dirty and emotionally unstable like the rest of us um, <laughs> Uh, but I didn't find all this out until I kind of went to university and and uh, I'd, like had first relationship. I, I, I didn't lose my virginity until I was eighteen, so I was really late starter. I've
0: known I've uh, known people uh, nice, lose it much yeah. later, to be honest. But yeah. um, but I I I, can, I recognise that eighteen is is yeah. quite late in this day and age.
1: Yeah, that's a, well, it was, well, it was that day and age, I suppose. Yeah, like I mean, I, I guess nineties similar.
0: Yeah we're of a similar vintage
1: mm.
0: <laughs> uh, and I lost my virginity a couple of years earlier than you did yeah. but not you know I don't think it's too bad 18
1: yeah it's not um, but
0: it doesn't really matter what age it is it matters how you feel about yeah the period of time before that age
1: exactly it's not losing your virginity it's um it's how you relate to members of the opposite sex yeah and just the social skills and the larking about and and learning when people are joking about things and mmm and not being scared and insular, which I was for a lot of my life, and I still go through periods when I'm... Oh, my goodness, is turning into in the, in the therapist's chair, isn't it? Sometimes
0: <laughs> it can go that way. You didn't have any books in the house. Mm. Did you sort of get into poetry when you were at private school, or at university,
1: or...? Um, yeah. I got into poetry, basically, after university, when I started... To, um, doing stuff or or going to see stuff on the live performance poetry scene. I joined a writing group called Word for Word in Wood Green, which at the time of broadcast I will have just run the last workshop ever in that. It would have been going for um, eight years but uh, the library is now charging us for the room and it just doesn't make any money anymore oh. and no one can be bothered, so <laughs> we are gonna give it a good send off on Saturday the thirtieth of July and then uh, have a picnic and a pub session and um yeah, kind of burn give it a Norwegian ship burial and the in the lake up on Alexander Palace, I think, and uh,
0: yeah, that's uh- yeah. At least it's a fitting send off. It's mm. a sad thing that when uh beautiful things get destroyed by
1: yeah.
0: this kind of stuff that's yeah, going yeah. on at the moment.
1: But eight eight years is a good good innings for a writing group, so And where, where Oh there's a fight outside. Brilliant. Is there actually a fight? Yeah, let's go and record it. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Listen, I'm getting to comment on a real fight uh, with some uh Wow. U- urban youths. Oh, there's oh that, is that a girl who's pushing the guy into... No, it's just a guy with Probably a girl's hair. Hold it a little bit further away, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah right. it's, 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 more, just it's not really... It's actually, not really hitting. It's, it's, it's basically a play fight at this stage, yeah. to be honest.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, a I think it started of off as a bit of a fight, but it's, it's kind of calmed down and they're... They're laughing. They're, they're pretending that it wasn't a proper fight at the beginning all along. So...
0: The, the testosterone yeah. got too much and then it yeah. it is now kind of dissipated slightly
1: yeah i know it's so uh, god it's so hard
0: being a teenager yeah.
1: well that was that was quite nice to see some de-escalation just you know happening happening now. oh yeah,
0: yeah. maybe I maybe know, not
1: oh it's yeah it's, te- it's definitely uh, more a more play fight now it's kind of gone from what we thought was a really full-on fight with lots of shouting most people Down to have a left it, and um, and now it, now it's just kind of hugging. It's, it's and just smiling. two boys groping yeah. now, yeah. Yeah, it's just a bromance. Yeah. There we go. But <laughs> maybe it was the fact that they knew they were being recorded. I don't think they did though, because yeah. they're quite far up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they realised it was just turning into a spectator sport for uh, mid-class ponces like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So you ah. come from the Midlands? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? Is it Milton Keynes or Wolverhampton? Uh,
1: Wolverhampton. Ah, yes, I knew it was one of the two. Yeah, it's like it doesn't have the civic pride that Milton Keynes has. No, I lived. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I lived in Coventry for a little while when I oh, was look younger. At you. I just recently went back there actually to record people from my past and uh, record uh, my relationship with Coventry. Uh-huh. So I was there for a few years, but they were hard years. So my mm. rela- so my relationship, I realized, to the city was a bit coloured by the. Mm. home life that I was experiencing at the time yeah. I think um I mean were, you, were your
1: parents having trouble or? oh
0: um well mm. my life was with my stepdad and my mum there was trouble there and that was a hard time for everybody mm. uh, concerned I think but my dad lived elsewhere and uh, mm. so in the same in, in Coventry so I sort of uh. spent nice time with him and hard time back at the house yeah but um so I've sort of recently sort of come to terms with Coventry I guess and sort mm. of gone oh actually it's not as bad a place as I've yeah. been saying it has been for, for years yeah. and years um, and it's always quite an easy laugh to get mm. if you're not in Coventry to yeah. slag it off because yeah. uh, southerners and northerners alike like yeah. to uh, say that the Midlands is, yeah. is, is, is a shithole I guess They're right though
1: Are they? Yeah It, um, it doesn't have the beauty that um, a lot of the North has. I mean, if you're in Manchester or Sheffield, you're stone's throw away from the Peak District. And the Lake District as yeah. well. And for the it d- doesn't have um, the kind of pride that Liverpool has. It doesn't have the social problems that Liverpool has either. But it's, just, it's a massive sprawl, just one kind of nondescript suburb turning into another now that there's no industry left. And it's... It's, it's turning into the American Midwest. I mean, it's just shopping malls and dual carriageways and Frankie and Benny's and, and out-of-town shopping centres and the centres of towns are all dying and, and you can drive for miles until you get to the countryside. And there's no civic... Pride, really i mean that there are some there's, there's some poetry nights and so on that um, i've discovered going back there in um there's one called bilston voices which is about um two hours of poetry per month in wolverhampton and they do poetry in the local dialects but much of it's forgotten really it doesn't have the pride that the north or the Southwest has it doesn't have the economic opportunities that uh, the southeast does. Birmingham is just a shopping centre, ringed by hotels.
0: Yeah, I mean I can vouch for that. My mum worked in Birmingham, so I've, yeah. I've been to Birmingham. Yeah, mm. it's, a it's far big. cry from it, when it's it, all really, yeah. you can say.
1: It's a very big city. Yeah, it is, but not in terms of ambition. <laughs> I much prefer the North York, Edinburgh, London, and Prague. Those are my favourite cities. Okay. Yeah, the the West the West Midlands, the countryside in in Shropshire and Staffordshire. So is Mul- and there's the Hills, isn't there? They yeah, there's sort of lovely market towns like um, Ludlow, Market Drayton, but they are made even more nice by the fact that um, you're escaping the West Midlands to go to them
0: and so when you went from there to university you Mm -hmm. were going from an urban sprawl which you felt kind of negative about to a picturesque oldie
1: worldy. yeah
0: but it's also the seat of you know the the well the establishment yeah
1: and i felt very out of my depth um Everyone there, well, most apart from a few, few a few students who I should have made more friends with. Really, um, had uh, you know more money than me. Everyone had loads more books in the house growing up, and everyone's parents did stuff that was, were, were teachers or or if they weren't rich, they were clever. <laughs> yeah, and 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 usually both. I wish I'd um taken a year out before and gone out and seen some more of the world, but. What with ever increasing tuition fees and rising costs, um, that wasn't really possible. And I put myself under a lot of pressure. I got first in the first year, but that didn't actually count towards your mark. Yeah, yeah. So, and I ended up with a two-one, but only barely, because I was actually having a bit of a nervous breakdown um, by the end of university. And I only did about two-thirds of my exams. It turned out that that was enough.
0: Well, a 2-1 from yeah. Cambridge counts as a first, doesn't mm, it? Mm. I mean, isn't it? It's, there's that insane thing where you yes. just have to wait a few years
1: and you get an MA. And well, well yeah, you get an MA after your name and you put MA Cantab on it and everybody knows that it's phony. <laughs> so I didn't pay for that and I didn't go back to do to do the whole... Nonsense! Yeah, paying yeah. paying fucking money to. I didn't graduate. I, I, I'm a yeah.
0: graduate. I, I, yeah. I think that's the actual real term. I can't yeah. believe that it is, but it, yeah. it, it is.
1: Yeah, they sent they sent me this weird photocopied bit of paper, as if to say, "Well, you can't be asked to come and collect your degree. We'll just send you this piece of tats <laughs> uh, paper, you know." And, uh, it's a powerful I think my parents paper. were really quite upset that I wasn't going to they? go and yeah. pull the guy's finger and say something in Latin and stuff because they thought it mattered a lot They yeah, want everyone wants the picture to on them. the wall don't they yeah, like, yeah.
0: there's a picture of my brother on the wall with the mortar yeah. board and all that, that shit
1: I understand that wanting to show off to the neighbours I can but I just think identify with it but it's so trashy isn't but it
0: but yeah. it's not I mean
1: it, yeah, well, it's like it's your, not,
0: everybody yeah. wants to show off but it's what you yeah. choose to show off that mm. defines your exactly. world view and, and that's yeah. not something I want to show off about.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, wouldn't, if I put, wouldn't put my my kids under the pressure. And you're just thinking, well, what do you mean to your parents? Is is that all you are? Is a figure in a mortarboard on the shelf? So mm.
0: was it all about living up to something in your par- that your parents' expectations going to Cambridge? Or was it something that you wanted to do yourself?
1: It was a bit of a surprise, really. I'd not really thought too much about it because I'm the first person from my family ever to go to university and then when one of my teachers said oh you could go to Cambridge if you wanted I was like oh could I and I hadn't really given much thought as to where I was going to go yeah uh I I chose the right college in Cambridge which was King's the most left-wing one but um, you know that's not saying very much. It's hardly a hotbed of radicalism. We went went on rent strike. That's about it.
0: Yeah, but then again, in some ways, mm. the most powerful people of, of every area go to Oxford and Cambridge. In a way, I mean, a mm. lot of the most important figures in the yeah. left. of I mean, Tony Benn must have been to Oxford mm. or Cambridge. Yeah. But so I mean, there is there is a, a tradition of a, mm. a couple of privileged radicals in every year. Yeah. Of, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, well, the, Mervyn King went to my school and, I, well, he must have gone to Oxford or Cambridge or, well, if he didn't, he would have gone to UCL, I suppose, or something like that. Yeah, and I didn't re but I didn't really hit schmooze, I didn't have the social skills, I was kind of, I've got a chip on my shoulder and if I went back there now, I think I'd do a lot more schmoozing and think, Christ, what am I actually, and, and, and I, I would have some actual goals of what I wanted to do with my life ah, which yeah, I just well. didn't have then I guess I, I, I had this idea that I was going to be a comedian and, and we were going to do sketch comedy and have our own TV series well living. it's the place to go yeah mm. and then when, but then of course didn't really everything that people were doing in Footlights was too conventional and if you watch a Footlights tour show these days they're all one I did last year in Edinburgh uh, only because it was free on my promoters pass and, and it's a hunk of shite um, it was a hunk of shite dipped in a soup of excrement, pus, <laughs> and snot. Um, and most of them are, um, but then every once in a while you get one that's actually half good. And then half of the people in that show that are actually good will go on to become. Yeah famous if you're half talented and you go
0: to Oxford and Cambridge you'll become successful Mm. and if you're lucky you're really talented and then we're all lucky actually because we get exposed Mm. to those people like Stuart Lee or
1: someone like that yeah yeah, I mean in in (coughs) our our generation there was uh, Mark Watson and uh, Tim Key who were part of Cowards and they used to come and see Fat Fat Pope and we used to go and see them they're They're good good. although
0: Tim Key didn't go he didn't actually go to the university no
1: he didn't no he was uh, very cheeky about it I think he said that he was at Anglia yeah which is which which a lot of people don't know that um, Footlights is for people from Anglia uh, Polytechnic uh, not Polytechnic anymore uh, but Anglia which is the other side of Cambridge and Cambridge University and he said he was doing Russian there and he wasn't no he had just moved he just kind of lied just so that he could come in and do comedy with Footlights yeah um, and I really admire that's that that's amazing isn't just, it just fucking doing that It's yeah. an amazing story yeah. I mean I was
0: really impressed yeah. to hear it. A, there's a podcast mm. of it he talks mm. to a, it's, it's a Marsha meets is yeah. the podcast and, yeah. and Tim Key was on it and it's worth having mm. to listen to
1: Yeah, I so, wish I'd just done that yeah <laughs> just got a proper <clears> fucking job
0: well that's a, I mean <laughs> I, that's well that's what um, I thought yeah because, I mean, when I was at school, I had made the decision mm. whether to try and go into Oxford and Cambridge. I'm not saying I would have made it. Yeah. I was, up until my final results, yeah. I was generally a straight A student. Yeah. I actually got two A's and a B in the end. Yeah. But, I mean... You uh, could have still got into Cambridge. Exactly, exactly. So, I had an option. Well, I would have gone to Oxford, I think, um, yeah. because that's where my English teacher wanted me to go. Yeah. But you're, I you're so chose un, not to do it.
1: You're so under the influence of just what teachers you've had. I had better history teachers than I did English teachers. Mm. Well, I've got the B oh, in English, yeah. to be fair. Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> That's mm. the irony. But, That's but I mean, yeah.
0: I, mean I, I had to make the decision, and I just thought, yeah. I don't know if I yeah. would thrive there. Yeah. Because I would either hate everybody, or I would be intoxicated by it. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know if I'd be able to keep... A kind of balanced personality mm. Do you know what I mean like I, I I, might have gone there and had a massive chip on my shoulder yeah. or I might have gone there and become unrecognizable to myself mm-hmm. you know those are the two things I was afraid yeah. of yeah. Um, and you seem to have survived it though to a certain extent I know that you're saying at the end you were having a nervous breakdown and I'm not meaning to belittle yeah. that but would you say that you've you know yourself at the end of it mm. like that's what I was worried about
1: oh goodness knows um, I'm really not sure that that a... I've absorbed the lessons. Okay. Of uh, of those three years, uh, I came out of it, but I came out of it with that. Okay. And, um. Does that a uh, scar on, on, yeah. on his arm? He's pointing out. you you said that a degree a, a two one from Cambridge means like a first from anywhere else. But who talks about what degree they got? no yeah, these days when you're about true. 30 no one gives a shit that people only true. give a shit what your last job was
0: and anyway that with all of these things it's it's a key if you are equipped to use it in the doors that you want to mm. use it in if you go to cambridge and you have very conventional mm. desires you will succeed in 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 realizing mm. those desires but mm. you you want to be a poet you don't want to be a a literary poet that would help yeah. Yeah. going to cambridge would help oh yeah but I guess in a way it's, it, it, mm. in your line of work it can almost be a kind of like you get the, the feeling from a lot of comedians mm. that they're a little bit ashamed you know yeah. they don't really want to admit it they have to because mm. they know it will come out you know yeah. like, like when you see Stuart Lee he has to address uh-huh. the fact that he went uh, yeah. to I think it was Cambridge wasn't it Oxford, or, 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 I think. Oxford. Yeah. but yeah. he has to he has to address that because yeah. of the fact that otherwise the press yeah. would address it but he doesn't necessarily want to want to yeah. talk about it what's it like making a piece of art out mm. of a an experience mm. like finding out that you've got a big heart i mean yeah. you cuz your show that you've mm-hmm. been are you still touring it
1: yeah well it will at the time that this is broadcast uh, the last performance at the camden fringe will be on the 7th sunday the 7th of August, six thirty, Camden Head. So um, get over there. Yeah. After that, um, it will. There will be um, utter puppets on Tuesday, ninth of August, twenty eleven. Uh, that's a one-off where I'll be doing <laughs> the Ted and Sylvia Plath story in puppets. That sounds love. fun. Yeah, it is. I've al- I always enjoy doing that one. Who
0: who who do you support? Who, who
1: do I support? Oh, yeah, it's like a football thing. It's yeah, it is. Spurs versus Arsenal, yeah. isn't it? Um, who do I support? I, I, I don't. It's all about the game in the end, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not about the teams. I prefer the, it's poetry, about the quality of the game. I prefer yeah. the
0: poetry of Sylvia Plath, but I, uh, mm. Plath, or I don't know how to pronounce yeah. it. But I don't, I don't, I don't condemn. I don't no, condemn Ted yeah. Hughes. There's few, yeah. far too many people who just write him off because she,
1: of I, she, well, she was mental yeah. already, Before, yeah. obviously, that um, he was a complete womaniser and um, they should... When they got together,
0: yeah. they were the people that they were and that's why yeah. what happened happened. I mean, it's just a result. It's also
1: the fact that it was the the 50s and everyone was so... I Band, mean, his, um, great, his great totemic power comes from his um, libido, doesn't it? Yeah, and, that's uh, true. His connection to nature in, in that respect. So, so Her great poetic power comes from her being a mentalist as well so I, I, think well, a, I guess that leads into your question doesn't well, it, it? it it's making a, it's art a, out of bad stuff
0: It's a, well it, I think that's an interesting question though I think that Sylvia Plath mm. wrote great poetry despite being mentally ill mm. not because of it because yeah. my experience of people with mental illness yeah. is that it's debilitating and it stops mm. them from doing the work uh, and only really really yeah. dedicated workers yeah manage to squeeze out good stuff and it might be better because mm. they've been to those places yeah. it might be more unique but it it's still you know it's better mm. to not have mental illness that's oh, why it's always oh, my, certainly my in view.
1: your in your day-to-day life i think well it's even sort of, as an artist it, it gives think. you there are, name there are poets out there who don't have any mental health issues they got to have some quite, pain. Quite frankly, they're, yeah, you got to
0: have pain. I always say, "Where's the pain?" Yeah. If, if something hasn't got any darkness in it, I'm not interested. No, yeah. Generally speaking, um, mm. that said, mm. I don't think you know. I, I get very annoyed with the whole idea of madness equals yeah. good artists. Oh no, it doesn't.
1: There's sort of um, the, the people that I've met that are schizophrenic, just making complete, rubbish, just talking yeah. complete rubbish. Exactly, and it's completely useless. But um, no, you you need. Um, the framework and the training yeah. and the inspiration of if not mental illness then yes pain um, uh, and oof. you took that pain yeah, and you exactly. made a show this is, um, it's interesting because this show is all about physical pain, I, I could have done one um, about uh, mental uh, health problems, I doubt if anyone would have come to see it <laughs> you
0: know, depends if it was funny yeah, well, I, <laughs> I know think, that's,
1: uh, yeah. that sounds trite, but it's that's true. Right. I think a, 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 a show that has funny bits about um, heart failure, about physically almost dying, is a lot less scary than a show about uh, depression, mm-hmm. which because uh, people probably see t- too much of themselves and there's l- much more taboo. Writing the initial blog of about, I think it was about 10,000 words. Was very after I got out of hospital about all the things that had happened to me and all the notes that I'd taken while I was in there, because I was so bored. There was nothing else to do. But that's
0: a writer thing, Mm. you know. Something bad happens and you write notes. That's what I do. I mean, I do it in a very different way. When the Twin Towers happened, I was I wrote a poem for the Mm. entire time that the Twin Towers was happening. I was writing down every single day. It was one of the few good poems I've written, but yeah, yeah, Mm. long though. Yeah. But yeah,
1: I go on. Imagine, sorry. Yeah. No, that's all right. It's about getting to know each other. Better. Yeah,
0: I guess so. But you, so you scribbled down the notes, mm. and then you wrote the blog post.
1: Yeah, and mm. then, and then it was a, and and then it was only after the blog post that the kind of poems began to form because you need a bit of distance, I think, mm. um, b- between events before you can write a, a decent poem about it. and and think up um, metaphors and and similes for the the poem about me having an echocardiogram and looking inside my body for the first time and all the things that that it suggests and then uh, more direct poems about uh, when I had my vasovascular incident when I thought I was um, uh, having a heart attack and uh, would have died if the nurse hadn't been watching my heart and realizing what was happening. The show is quite functional. I mean, every poem gets me from one point in the story to another because you've only got an hour, mm. and it has to be a poem. It has to um, employ simile and metaphor and, and make you think about things in a different way. But it also has you also have to get the sense of what's actually happening. There's a narrative thrust. Yeah. So not no, so it's what I was like I was saying. It, you, you have to get the sense of the poem and what's actually happening in its first understood first time but but it has to be poetic yeah as well it can't just be functional so it it, it, it it's, it's it turns into kind of rhythmic pieces at the end and, and as it becomes evident that I'm not going to die the, yeah. po- the poems become uh, more. Entertaining, I suppose. Well, you are yourself—a plot spoiler. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> by the fact that I'm here, I'm not. I'm actually Richard Tyrone Jones's twin brother. Yeah. he died, and I'm just doing this in tribute to him. Yeah, and, you know, stealing his identity as well in an elaborate <laughs> benefit fraud. But well, there uh, you go. Uh, um, so, yes, what's it like writing about awful things that have happened to you? Um, it's cathartic. 'Cause as soon as you get the poem right, it's like that's your narrative of it. That's you you can you can bury it. It's like when you can't sleep at night because you're thinking oh the, all the things I've got to do, you write down a to do list and then it's out there, it's 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 been turned into symbols and, and put down for right. posterity. And it's it's like that. Once you've put it into a narrative, it becomes a story. Yeah. And you can put it to one side, even even if it happened to you. And that was one of the difficulties that I had while I was learning the show. Because although all these things had happened to me, and I could remember them, I'd turn them into a story. So then you have to kind of relearn... How the, to emote it. The, so the story and relearn to, yeah, how to yeah. emote it, because you've, you've kind of taken the emotion out by bringing that. That does make it a lot easier to joke about, though. So.
0: No it's a strange thing um I wrote a play when I was seventeen about mm. my family life yeah. that I was referring yeah. to earlier on. I never had it play, I never mm-hmm. performed it, but yeah. i I gave it to all of the mm. people that mm. I fictionalized yeah oh, right. um and it resulted in you know. A, a conversation with my stepdad where he apologized for his behavior and yeah. it, it started some processes of coming to to communicate with my mum better
1: that is the kind of thing I wish I'd done about my <laughs> well, <laughs> i
0: don't know yeah I think it was a good thing to do but sometimes I worry that mm. what I did was change my yeah. childhood into fiction yeah. at a time when and and i because I write a lot mm. about sort of semi-autobiographical yeah. so when I write a novel or something I put bits of my life into it oh everyone does yeah. and then oh watch. absolutely yeah. but then it means that I can't separate memory mm. from fiction yeah. you know and I, I wonder if you have a similar experience that that, mm. that when you think of when you had that echocardiogram yeah if now, forever, you'll also be thinking of the poem that you've written about it at the same time, like yeah. scrolling down together, these mm. kind of twin memories.
1: Well, sometimes if something's not interesting enough, then you just forget about it anyway. And then, and then all you have is the narrative version. But at least you still have a version. Yeah, that's true but as if well. If it's more interesting. I mean, we, we, we will forget everything that has ever happened to us <laughs> the moment uh, that our eyes close for the last time. Yeah, that's um, true. So if there's something left there as um Don Patterson says, poems are machines for remembering themselves, which is one thing that they are amongst many other things. It's a nice truth, but there mm. are there are lots of others available yeah. right? thats exactly. the thing other, exactly. other narrative
0: interpretations are available but, i mean that's the thing with with art. I find that what's what I try to do is to capture truth, but I have to understand that that's an impossible thing to mm. do, and that you can only. Get a mm. truth, and you can yeah. then the next day you'll have a different line that yeah. will say the opposite about the world, yeah. but it will still work.
1: If you wrote a poem about something, it would turn out one way. If you wrote a song about something, yeah, because of true. the restrictions the, the, of songwriting, yeah. it'd end up having maybe a completely different ending or a completely different order.
0: That's very true. Mm. The, me- the, same with the short story, the, whatever. Yeah. yeah, it controls the message. Mm-hmm. So, I guess it's been. Well, Ooh. I don't guess, but I, I know it's been a pleasure getting better acquainted mm. with you. In fact, it's been uh, very interesting because, I mean, you know, we, I think we haven't spoken spoken face to face very much yeah. in our lives. I think I think all
1: conversations should happen and be podcasted like this. <laughs> well, a... I tell
0: you what, my life is becoming that yeah. way. So yeah. my, my, my <laughs> life is, is, is just, uh, I, I, yeah. I hardly ever have a conversation without a microphone mm-hmm. these yeah. days. Last question mm-hmm. is... Uh, do you have anything you want to plug and I I know you have lots Mm -hmm. that you want to plug and you've already plugged (laughs) plugged a few times which I appreciate, I certainly would do the same if I. one of the things I find funny about doing these podcasts is I naturally plug all the time as you -hmm. you probably know being a Facebook friend of mine Mm -hmm. but I can't plug my own stuff within this framework very easily unless it comes up Mm -hmm. did you plug the shows you're doing in Edinburgh the shows
1: I'm doing in Edinburgh are, I'm doing three free shows On the 26th and 27th at 6.20 in the Banshee Labyrinth I'm doing a show entitled Richard Tyrone Jones Reads Some Stuff Off Bits of Paper. Good title. You can probably guess what happens in that (laughs) show. And then at 10.50 in the same place, the Banshee Labyrinth, again free, but we're having a collection for heart charities. It is Utter Spoken Word, and that will be the last show in the 2011 Free Fringe Spoken Word section, and we've got the wonderful, really fast left-wing rappers, the Chemical Poets, and uh, Young Dawkins, who won uh, Utters Got Talent in Edinburgh last year, and he's a fantastic jazz poets. And
0: they can utter spoken word. That's a, yep. you, they can follow that on Facebook, can't they? For more, you can more... join the group
1: yeah. of Utter Spoken Words on Facebook. That's probably the easiest way and we're at utterspokenword.com And you've got a book? I do, I have a book called Germline Vintage Poison Press Come along and see me and buy a copy because if you buy one off Amazon um, my publisher gets like 10p which he's not bothered about and Amazon get the rest of the money
0: Right, okay yeah. So buy it in person? Yeah <laughs> Fantastic Well, yeah, it has been really interesting uh, talking to you um, The last thing I ask people to do is say goodbye to the audience
1: Goodbye to the audience <laughs> Goodbye.
0: Rather appropriately, considering that one of the shows that Richard Tyrone Jones is doing is called Richard Tyrone Jones Reads Out Things from Bits of Paper, I am reading out a thing from a bit of paper that he gave me just after we'd finished our interview. He's basically trying to get some crowdfunding for doing a tour next year and stuff like that. So if you go to http colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly slash fund rtj you can find out how to do that and you can give some money uh, to keep him in paid poetry employment you put £30 in he'll send you two tickets and a book and his thanks you can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast you can find it on Facebook getting better acquainted have a search on facebook and like it or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk you can also subscribe by searching on itunes and subscribing to us that way there are lots of ways to get better acquainted